Hello, and welcome to this special podcast series, which takes a look at cybersecurity during this global pandemic known as COVID-19. I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon, and throughout this series, we will be speaking with partners from the Sparta Project. You may recall from previous podcast episodes that Sparta is a relatively new project, which will improve the way Europe does cybersecurity. From training and education to engaging the development community, Sparta is committed to implementing lasting change. Cybersecurity is akin to the COVID-19 pandemic in the impact that could take place due to a breach or outbreak. Shutdown, loss of commerce, and public fear are just a few of the effects both a pandemic and a large-scale cyber attack could yield. In this series, we will look at the intersection of those two vulnerable sectors of our society and what is being done on the cybersecurity side to keep things running safely and securely. Today, we speak with Raina Stambaliska remotely from her home office in Paris. She is the VP of Governance and Public Affairs at Yes We Hack, which is Europe's first bug bounty platform. <laughs> Relax, these are the good hackers. In fact, Yes We Hack is a network of over 15,000 ethical hackers from around the world who look for vulnerabilities in the cyber systems of organizations and then makes recommendations on how to fix them. Yes We Hack has a partnership role in Sparta, but also lately they have become quite active with remediation methods for COVID-19 in the way of auditing security in contact tracing software. Welcome, Raina. Thank you. I have to ask... What were your first thoughts when you learned that a pandemic was upon us? Well, you know, there, there, are, <laughs> there is one thought which is um, a very human, very uh, immediate thought. That is uh, how, you know, how are we going to handle um, the, the, the good health and safety of ourselves and our uh, relatives and loved ones? You know, that's a very human thing. And then the second thing is, okay, what can I do about this? You know, what can I do to help? So there have been a lot of initiatives uh, where many people, including, tried, you know, to chime in and to just say, look, here's what I can do. Uh, just, you know, do not hesitate to reach out and ask for help. Um, and so we've been uh, curating data. Uh, we've been also providing free of charge uh, advice to labs or uh, drugstores uh, for them to properly secure their computers um, and their uh, information systems because there has been a huge surge of cyber criminality during the, the whole COVID pandemic uh, and it hasn't stopped yet and there is no chance it will uh, stop anyway. Well, that's true. It will never stop. But but why now? Why during this pandemic do we see a sudden surge in hacking activity? What's the link? There's been a lot of activity indeed. The cyber criminal activity is never totally absent. And, and now we saw a spike or a surge, as you like, for different reasons. Um, one of them is um, that in the rush to enable people working from home to well work when the lockdown started a lot of um, a lot of organizations basically put in place tools and online services that were with a far lesser security than what's done normally right so this was sort of an, an open door 
many people to be able to work, started using a lot of general purpose tools. And this, especially uh, in, in, in a like professional setup, can be dangerous because you are not aware or you ignore the, 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 the behavior uh, you know, of those tools since, well, they are new to you. So it's very easy, basically, to lure you into clicking into, you know, um, on buttons. Uh, oh, you got you a new notification. Click here to, to display it, you know. Uh, oh, and you should log in to see uh, the message your colleagues send you over blah, blah, tool. You know, so this is the kind of things that we've seen. And this is a, a very common and widespread and 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 efficient, actually, um, for malware to get into computer systems. You know, whenever people are scared for themselves, for their relatives and loved ones, um, they are always, you know, on the lookout for um, reliable information, for more information, for anything, really, that, you know, kind of puts them at ease, um, or at least, you know, relieves the pressure a little bit. So it's in, in those situations, they don't pay that much attention to, you know, oh, could that be uh, a cyber criminal hiding behind, you know? No, they just want to click and display some sort of reassuring information. So no one is to blame. People working from home may be using unfamiliar software, and this could open the door to vulnerability. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, cyber criminals are going to benefit from, from a situation of weakness. It would be extremely unfair to blame it on, you know, regular people who are just trying to do their job in the conditions that we are all in for trying to do so. You know, so it's uh, it, that's why it's it's also very difficult because how, like, how can you tell people, well, don't click on this? Y- yes, but it could have been something important, and then uh, it's not necessarily a bad, you know, bad-intentioned email. So if I don't, uh, I will have problems at work, you know, other problems with my clients or blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's, um, it's, it's really a complex situation, not complicated. It's really complex to, to navigate, especially for... Um, you know, for for most of the pe- for most of people out there who are not you know trained cybersecurity experts and cyber defense experts, uh, because you know we shouldn't lie to ourselves. I mean, um, cyber criminals are are constantly improving their uh, approaches, their tools uh, to basically well be more and more successful. You know, they they also run a business, <laughs> right? So you have the same dynamics from one side and the other side. It's just that we don't like the, their business line, you know? And understandably so. And since we're talking about keeping the people safe, let's talk about the app called Stop COVID. Mm-hmm. It's being billed as a contact tracing app for the people of France, And the idea is that the app alerts you if you have been close to a user who tests positive. Cool stuff, but what about the notion of data protection or user privacy? What are some of the implications of using such an app? Um, So there is a lot of concern about, you know, yeah, but this means that the government will have 
you know, a list of the people I've been in contact with in the past two weeks and who I've been having a coffee with or whatnot. Um, so it, it, this is, those are like legitimate concerns, right? I mean, you can't blame people for being uneasy with something that, you know, very quickly is, um, starts resembling, you know, massive surveillance. Uh, the question is, uh, that is why, you know, we need to be very, very uh, cautious and inquisitive about uh, the ways that sort of apps are built, about their security, about the way they implement privacy, you know, data protection, uh, about, you know, the, the whether they respect completely or not uh, GDPR and other provisions and, and that sort of things. We need to be extremely cautious about this because, of course, even when we take all the precautions to make things sensible and to, to implement the best data protection mechanisms, we still need to examine this, to, to scrutinize this continuously and to ensure that there is no function creep, as you would call it. You know, there is no misuse of that technology. It's, it's a huge, actually, I see it as a huge um, question mark to our capability to our capacity as a society to remain, you know, in defense of our democratic values when faced with this very uh, difficult time, you know, with this very difficult and exceptional situation. And this is what, you know, this is why those questions are not easy because the trade-offs we need to make whenever they are needed and and the the, the questions and the examination we need to ask, you know, and and to, to go through. Are, need to be extremely rigorous and, and extensive so that, yes, we have the most uh, most possible transparency, if you want to say so, but also we have the, 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 the most optimal security and the most optimal functionality for, it, for that sort of things. And we, of course, hope as, as a society that those apps, when slash if they reach us, well, they they actually function as planned and they help curtail virus spread and they help us resume a somewhat, you know, normal uh, life and interactions uh, with friends, family and colleagues. It seems like these assurances are something that the Sparta Project may be examining. I mean, this notion of consumer security is and always has been a challenge. Now, Rena, I want to ask you, at the intersection of cybersecurity and pandemic what keeps you awake at night? Uh-huh. Uh, so many things. <laughs> well, you know, in in this whole in this whole discussion, um, it, it's this whole COVID situation is very demonstrative about um, you know the challenges that we face as a society, both as, at the national level but also at the European level. You know, I mean, even if this discussion is, is a very nice example of this in the sense that you're in Austria, I'm in France, uh, we, you know, we know each other through um, a European project, that's Sparta. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's very interesting uh, to see how you guys are, you know, reacting to this, how other countries are doing so and how, you know, so, so, this is how we continue to act and to um, to interact as as individuals, but also as societies with common values. This this has been very important to me, especially during the the, the pandemic. 
And another thing that I'm very cautious about is um, we need more technology components to be open sourced, meaning their their source code, uh, their makeup basically should be available um, to anyone to look, study, examine, and so on. And so this is also, um, you know, important, especially, for example, for, um, uh, for software that makes up our public administrations, that helps us, uh, you know, pay taxes. Actually, most of the components of this Stop COVID app, for example, um, are going to be open sourced. And um, my desire is to also walk the talk on this as well. Transparency is not a vain word. GDPR, for example, gives a lot of um, a lot of power and a lot of rights for better transparency. You know, back to back to the individuals. This is what basically keeps me up at night. You know, how do we again um, handle protecting well state secrets, protecting business, um, you know, specific business assets, and so on. And uh, how, you know, how far can we go with basically opening um, technology algorithms to, uh, to anyone uh, to examine, to study, to critique, to improve, and so on and so forth. And so t- to me, I mean, I, I'm really very much hoping to see um, a, a more, you know, a, a more global, in the sense of at least more European um, approach to uh, opening more data, opening up more uh, source code for software, um, especially for public administrations. You have this leitmotiv uh, that's been around for for the past few years, which is public money, public code, or public data, which is to say, since the public administration is nurtured, uh, exists, because of our taxes, a way, you know, for us to ensure that our money, our taxes are being put to good use is to have a better, um, a better insight into uh, the software that assigns teens to uh, universities or, you know, you name it. I don't know whether that answers your question. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thanks for that. I see your concerns, and I hope that the Sparta Project can help clarify these issues and set new standards for safer cyber activities and more effective training methods in the future. Raina, thank you for taking the time today to share a little bit of your knowledge. Best of luck, and I hope to have the chance to talk to you again in the near future. I would like that. Well, thank you, and have a good day. For more information about the Sparta Project, go to sparta.eu. This podcast has been brought to you by Technicon. The Sparta Project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement 830892.